Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the Leaning into Leadership podcast, episode number 33. Today on the show, I welcome Chris Yoakum. Now, who is Chris Yoakum, you might ask? Folks, that's a brilliant question, and I'm so glad you asked. Chris is the department chair for teacher education at Fort Hayes State University in Kansas. Previously, Dr. Yoakum has worked at the University of Nebraska at Kearney and the University of Central Missouri. Prior to that, he was a high school Spanish teacher and a high school English as a second language teacher. Chris is also the author of a new book, The Department Chair, A Practical Guide to Effective Leadership. Hey, great leadership is great leadership, folks. And Chris's work underlines what I've said many times on this podcast, and that is great leadership occurs in all different walks of life, and we can all learn lessons from other great leaders. I'm excited for you to have the opportunity to listen to my conversation with Chris and catch some of the correlations that happen between the higher ed world, the K-12 world, and the business world. But before we do that, here's a quick word from Road to Awesome. Hey, have you heard? Road to Awesome's new courses are now live. I'm curious, what are you working on? What are your goals? What are your aspirations? Do you have a transition in your mind for your life that takes you from where you are to where you really want to be? You see, we all have those goals. We all have those dreams. But sometimes there are things that just get in the way. Throughout our life, we're going to encounter imposter syndrome and other insurmountable forces that pull us away from our vision of who we want to be. Having a coach to guide you through your journey toward the results is critical. Let's face it, everyone needs a coach. In our free course, Accelerating Goals into Action, you will discover exactly what it means to unlock unlimited potential on your road to awesome. You will have an opportunity to work with me, Dr. Darren Peppard, and my good buddy and co-author of the course, Dr. Brandon Beck, while learning how to plan for consistent success, beginning with that one thing. You know what I'm talking about. The one thing that if you could just do that, it would make everything else easier or irrelevant. Then you'll move on. Our paid course, The Open Road Accelerate, was designed to guide you toward consistent success. Through this four-part course, you'll embark on an interactive experience with me and with Brandon, and we will walk you step-by-step through your UUP on the RTA Results Coaching journey. Want to know more? Hit the link in the show notes or go to roadtoawesome.net backslash UUP dash on dash the dash RTA. That's UUP on the RTA through Road to Awesome. Folks, check out these courses. You're going to love them. I promise you that. Now, let's jump into this interview with Dr. Chris Yoakum. And I'll see you on the other side. All right, Chris, thank you so much for joining me here on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. How are things in Kansas today, man? Uh, 
Nice. Uh, a little warm because uh, we're, uh, you know, in August out here in Western Kansas, but things are great. Um, a lot of your listeners might know um, this is getting to be my favorite time of year. Um, two of the things I'm passionate about, school starting and, and college football are upon us. And so, yeah, this is even in higher education, we start to get a little excited and just outside my door, they're working on bulletin boards and it looks like school's about ready to start. So things are, are very, very good out here in Hayes, Kansas. Oh, I love it, man. That's uh, you're, you're hitting me right in the heart there, too, you know, with, with football season getting ready to start. I love college football even more so. I love the professional game. I'm a huge NFL mm-hmm. football fan. and uh, Yeah, this coming weekend, my Broncos kick off their, their preseason. And uh, looking forward to the new look Broncos. I really, really truly am. And, and honestly, looking forward to watching my Wyoming Cowboys. And, and hopefully they hopefully they put together a good season. So, uh so, so real quick, I mean, we, we, could, we could chase college football, too, as, as a fun oh, topic. Yeah. But um, really quick, just uh, for my listeners, uh, let them know who, who is Chris Yoakum. You know, what are you doing right now? Where are you coming from? A little bit of your background, those kinds of things. Okay. Well, uh, you know, first and foremost, Darren, um, I'm an educator. Uh, I currently serve as the uh, chair of the Department of Teacher Education at Fort Hay State University. Uh, we're in Hayes, Kansas, and if you're not too familiar, we're pretty much equidistance between Denver and Kansas City right off of um, Interstate 70. And while we are in, in somewhat of a rural area, we have a large online presence, one of the few programs that uh, students can obtain a full elementary education degree start to finish online. And so I just say that to put it in context, we have a, a pretty large program. Uh, close to around a thousand students, and so I'm um, in my just finished my sixth school year. And uh, prior to that, uh, I was at the University of Nebraska at Kearney, where I worked with uh, future foreign language and ESL teachers. Because when I was in the public schools, I spent my time as an English as a second language teacher, as well as a, uh, a high school Spanish teacher. So, kind of positions my background, even though I'm um, not in the classroom as much. Uh, I tell people I could move on to other roles and I'll always consider myself an educator first that just happens to serve a little differently. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think there are so many of us, you know, myself included, you know, who maybe we're not still in the classroom, but we're still doing everything we can to help educate people and help people to be the best that they they can possibly be. Mm-hmm. So definitely appreciate that. And before before we chase you know, some of the things that you and I talked about pre-show, I, I am curious, having been a, a an English as a second language teacher and teaching a foreign language, mm-hmm. what what is that dynamic like? I mean, so so let, let me frame my question maybe a little bit better. Um, I was a high school science teacher, and so I would teach anatomy and physiology, and I taught biology, mm-hmm. um, and there was definitely a difference in how you know how I framed the work around you know human anatomy and physiology versus say bio mm-hmm. one. But that does not have the same leap as English as a second language versus being a high school Spanish teacher. I mean, what what was the dynamic like for your day? Well, uh, when I did them, uh, I was an ESL teacher on, you know, individually at one district and where I started in Nebraska, which was my home state. And then uh, actually here in Kansas, I was I was a full time, although it's not that uncommon, certainly in a lot smaller districts. I would say it's very it's it's 
similar to what our bilingual teachers um, experience. Uh, we have um, probably more common have elementary ed bilingual schools, but um, when you're bilingual and you can teach, um, your brain just kind of works in whatever language of instruction. And I was just fortunate to um, not only be drawn to, to Spanish and foreign language education, but uh, also it was a good fit for ESL. And uh, so, so yeah, it can be somewhat of a, of a challenge sometimes, but like, you know, once you, once you're in that classroom setting and whatever you're there to teach, the, the switch kind of goes on and, and that's what you do. Uh, you know, you teach who and what's in front of you. Absolutely. I mean, the bottom line is you're still teaching kids, right? You know, exactly. Whether, yeah. You know, yeah. It wouldn't no matter what the content area may be. So no, I appreciate that. I really do. So I'm curious, um, before we get into, you know, some, some stuff around leadership and eventually I want to talk about the book that you released here about seven months ago. Um, let's, let's talk about, because I've always been kind of curious about this. And I think at some point in time, I would love to teach at the, at the higher education level, you know, mm -hmm. specifically leadership, um, sure. you know, not, not full time like you, you know, I think maybe, you know, doing an adjunct class here and there would be, uh, would be a lot of fun, but, um, when you made the transition from being a K-12 educator to being an educator at the higher ed level, what, what did that transition look like? What, what were some things that maybe were different, some things that, that were really similar that maybe those of us who've spent our whole life in K-12 wouldn't realize would be similar? Well, and I'm glad you framed it that way, Darren, for those that are in K-12. First of all, um, I was, because of being to good leaders and good mentors um, as as an undergraduate student and even before I had folks that <clears throat> maybe saw some potential and talked to me about down the road if you get a, a, a doctorate and want to go into education here some things to consider and so the advice that I give and and this is similar to what I tell uh, people when I hire them from k-12 is certainly you know a lot of times we think, we equate it to athletics. Well, if if I'm a good high school football player and I go to college, that means I'm, I'm, I'm even better. And the first thing I like to tell people is, let's be honest, the best, hardest working teachers are in the K-12 schoolhouse every day, uh, simply because you all show up, you do it, you get better. Um, 180 some days a calendar year working all day, you're, you're very good at your craft. So the first thing that I would say, and it's somewhat of a misconception, is for those that that have a K-12 background that go into higher ed, it is still serving as an educator, but it's it's different. It's, it's more of certainly not a step up in terms of of similar to sports, you know, now I'm good enough to go to the college level. It's we serve in a different way. Um, I do think those of us in higher ed that have been in K-12 um, have an advantage uh, because we were trained how to design lessons. Quite frankly, we know how to handle conflict, be it with students or even in higher ed. Believe it or not, uh, you get this as a former suit, you still get parent con concerns. <laughs> and so the first so I would just say in general, and this is a shout out to the great to the leaders and teachers in K-12 is the hardest working teachers are in K-12. And I would say, I've learned this uh, recently with my research, you really want to find out the nuts and bolts of leading students, faculty, and staff in an educational setting. Talk to superintendents and principals. 
because they they're hands on and they and they do those things every day. Um, so I don't know if that answers it, Darren. But first of all, it's more of a lateral move on the um, you know on the spectrum of where you can serve in education. And the other thing that I tell people when I hire them face to face to work in is um, I would say, Darren, if this was your first day in the the job, I care, but I don't care. And here's what I mean. You're welcome to tell me or the secretary every time you have to leave the building to go to your car, use the restroom, whatever. But as long as you're here to teach your classes and go to your meetings, I care about you, but I don't really care to know every time you leave the building because it's just embedded in us. You know, we're leaving the building. We're not supervising. um, And without fail, um, that always we always get a chuckle out of that because after a couple of weeks, they're like, "Okay, yeah, I don't have to tell the secretary every time I do something. Um, but I, hey, yeah, I love I'm it. Sure. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a different, I don't, I don't know if it's a le- level is the right word. I don't think it is, but, but a different type of accountability. And, and it's, you know, a whole lot more just being accountable to yourself and being accountable to certainly your department head and, and those types of things. Mm-hmm. But that, that's an interesting piece right there because, you know, so many schools um, for for many reasons, you know, the, some of it is, you know, that people just want to know where everybody is, you know, part of it is, um, you know, we want to know from a safety perspective, you know, who is in the building, who isn't in the building. Um, definitely that that is different at K-12 than it is at the higher ed level. And uh, I, I find that very interesting. That, that was one of my biggest challenges when I transitioned from being a principal to being a superintendent. Um, yes, I would still tell my secretary and my HR director when I left the building, but it wasn't quite the same as it was as a building principal. You know, as, as a building principal, my secretary had you know, 100% access to my calendar to put stuff on my calendar. And, and my secretary did as a suit, but it just, you're right. I mean, it's a little bit of a different, different kind of accountability. So I'm sure at yeah. the higher ed level, um, I like that phrase, actually. I care, yeah. but I don't care. There, <laughs> yeah. And, and there, there, we could dig into it more when you get into the, the nuances of, of what service means and research. But for those of us that, that kind of cut our teeth in K-12 and are, are, you know, pointed in that direction, those would be, those are the things that routinely over the years have stood out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious. Um, we're, again, we're, we're going to get to, we're going to get to the book. We'll talk, you know, more of the leadership, just the, the parallels between the department head and the principal or superintendent. Um, but obviously the work you're doing at, at Fort Hayes state university is teacher preparation work. And you mentioned something before we hit the record button about teacher retention. Obviously, this is something that has been a huge hot topic across the country for a long time. But right now, obviously, it's ramped up to like the nth degree. Um, let, let's just start first with what what does the work look like? You just mentioned somebody can get a get an elementary education degree without ever setting foot on campus, which five right. years ago, I mean, that, ten years ago, that would have been completely unheard of. Um, But what what are you seeing in terms of trends or, you know, people, whether it's the online or people coming in person, maybe for secondary work, are, are we seeing a shortage of of, of people who are interested in going into K-12 ed? What what does that look like for you guys? Yeah, my my colleagues and I talk a lot about this is, as you know, politics can be very local. And I think as of today, there are over a thousand K-12 openings in Kansas and school. I think some schools have already started. Okay. So it is real. 
here's here's what we have discussed and we focus on is in our program there are close to a thousand students uh, because they can be anywhere online on campus Mm -hmm. Uh, last fall from the fall of 20 to the fall of 21 we saw an increase in our on-campus first-time freshmen that wanted to be student or teachers and if you look at that that was the COVID class you look at what they went through and we still had more that wanted to be teachers uh, there are a lot of, co- of sections of our classes that are full with 25 students. So to start with the positive, Darren, is we're fortunate we get to interact with kids every day that want to be teachers. When I stand in front of, uh, and I'll do it here in a few weeks, uh, we bring in the freshman class of teacher educators. And we'll usually have easily 60 kids on campus that are freshmen that want to be teachers. And I'll say, if you could teach tomorrow, would you either go back to your hometown or close to it? Most of the hands go up. And I say that because what we have found is the good news is if you're a superintendent and you come to me and say, how many elementary education majors do you have? The first thing I'm going to say is, where are you from? Let's pull a roster and see how many students we have in your county. I think the kids that are still going into it are doing so because they had great mentors, great teachers, great coaches, and they connect. Um, so that's the upside to what we're what we're seeing. Uh, sure, we've seen a decline in in the virtual numbers, but and and we can go into this more. You can kind of direct which which way you want me to talk about this. But focusing on the positive, I would say there are still people out there that want to be teachers. Uh, some just don't know it yet. <laughs> I, I think you know having yeah. great teacher educators, great uh, K twelve people. Uh, Easiest thing, if you're a K-12 teacher or leader listening, one thing that you can do on a daily basis that will pay dividends is encourage your kids to look at teacher education. Something very powerful is we have kids that their senior year, they were they were a teacher's aide, and they got to see teaching from a different perspective. And they said, yeah, you know what, now I want to be a teacher. Or they helped elementary kids. So Everybody, I think, just through talking to students, giving them exposure, having future educators, clubs, uh, whatever your state has, that makes a big impact because our students tell us that too when we say, why'd you want to be a teacher? Hey folks, pardon the interruption, but I just got to ask, are you loving what Dr. Chris Yoakum is sharing today on the podcast? Do you think maybe you've got somebody else who would love to check out this episode as well? Well, share it. In fact, share it and participate in the Road to Awesome Leaning into Leadership Podcast Challenge. Share any episode or the entire show on social media and tag five people who you know will love the show. Also, make sure you tag Darren M. Peppard on the social media post to enter the contest. Our winners will receive an RTA swag package, which includes one RTA shirt, which is your choice, one RTA published book, also your choice, and an RTA sticker pack. Entries must be in by September 4th. We will announce the winners of our Leaning into Leadership podcast challenge during episode 36. You got questions? Email me at Darren and Peppard at roadtoawesome.net. Let's get those tags out there. Start sharing the love. Start sharing the Leaning into Leadership podcast. And now, Back to Dr. Chris Yoakum. I think it's critical that we continue to talk up our mm-hmm. profession. And yep. the more that, that we are encouraging kids you know, in 
you know, in our high schools, heck, even, you know, even in our middle schools um, and letting them know that it really truly is a great profession. And it's a profession that truly makes a difference, um, mm-hmm. you know, where they can really feel, you know, a sense of uh, a sense of accomplishment where they really feel like they've made a difference. Um, to me, that's huge. So um, I think that's I think that's really awesome. And, you know, you said something about um, one of the best things we can do uh, for retention um, connects to leadership. And you said this before we hit the record button. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of want to run from there because now we're going to now we'll transition transition into talking sure. about some more leadership type of stuff. Sure. But um, what what are some things that you would tell leaders right now, principals, superintendents, people in those positions in terms of how you keep the teachers you have now so you're not having to replace them? Well, I, you know, I certainly don't have a one size fits all magic answer, but here's something I'm pretty confident about is leadership is so important. Best way to improve an organization is to change the leader. We've all heard um, the, the, you know, analogy that, you know, I would rather work in a barn with a great group of colleagues and leader than a shiny new building where they're not that way. And I do think there is some truth to that. Uh, I've talked to a few principals uh, that um, um, have said, hey, I have 100% retention in my building this year. They're good leaders. Uh, So I do think first and foremost, building relationships. I think people more so, yes, money is important and all of those things. But I have talked to educators who get emotional when, you know, somebody pats them on the back and tells them, good job, I appreciate you. Uh, They've been going to school for how long as a teacher, and maybe they don't hear that, or they're not in an environment that that promotes that message. So I would say uh, one way, and it's not the only way, but one way is we know people leave people. People leave people. And in our profession, when those people leave, that's one heck of an educator that we might not ever get back. And the job that an educator does, as opposed to most professions, is the legacy is now that's however many kids at school year that they can't affect. And so I think better leaders would at least contribute to kind of um, helping the, re- the uh, increasing the retention rate. I, I, I truly believe that because culture matters, the culture in which faculty show up and work with each other matters. The work is work. It's hard work being a teacher. But I think in those gaps between what we do as educators, if you feel supported, if you know your administrator knows what you enjoy, what you're struggling with, what's on your plate, is is willing, hey, you know, Darren, I'm going to come to your room here. I'm going to take the next 20 minutes. Why don't you just, you know, sit down, take a break. I know you need one. Little things like that. And and I, I don't think it takes a great workshop and leadership to learn those. Um, I think you just have to be people-minded, relationship-centered, and, and realize day-to-day, what we do on a daily basis is essentially how how we lead people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you you hit it uh, in in your book, the department chair. Um, mm-hmm. One of your early chapters, you go right at that we're in the people business, and I know that yeah. the book itself is aimed at the higher education uh, space. But what I found interesting, and one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you come on the podcast, is 
you, you've heard me say it before. We talked about it, you know, before the show. I definitely have uh, um, pushed hard, um, saying this multiple times. You know that that we are in the people business, no matter what, and the great leadership is great leadership. It doesn't matter the space, and so um, I go right to that. I think it's chapter two or chapter three of your book, and you talk about, hey, this is a people business. Um, I think that's just one of the most critical elements. So, so let's let's talk a little bit about the book, and, and maybe we can start there with with it being people business. Maybe explain really quick what what really the role of the department chair is for you know for my K twelve listeners who maybe think they know what that means, but might need mm-hmm. a little bit more clarity. Okay, and it varies on de- by department or by university, but in in our world, I am similar to maybe in terms of administratively at times a high school principal. Um, Now, they work a lot harder than I do. I don't have to supervise basketball and football and those things. But from an administrative standpoint and what I do in terms of personnel, um, resolving maybe student conflict, disputes with professors, grades, um, life coaching issues. As a department chair, I do hold rank and tenure as a professor of teacher education. So I do still get to teach a little bit. Our program and structure is is big enough, though, that I am a full-time 12-month administrative appointment here. Uh, so while I do get to do a little teaching still, uh, a lot of my day is spent, you name it, with scheduling, budgets, um, you know, people, issues, concerns, et cetera, Uh, working with stakeholders. We work quite a bit uh, with our K-12 partners because at any given time, we might have two, 300 students representing our college out and about either observing or student teaching. So there's always that kind of in the background that we need to be careful with. I also still maintain or have to fill fulfill my service and scholarly duties. Um, So writing a book is one form of scholarship. Uh, You you know, I um, work on articles, um, service on committees. So my job is is a nice mixture of higher, higher education tasks and a lot of just relationship people tasks that I think a lot of our K-12 listeners would um, would relate to just because of how we're set up here. Yeah, I found it interesting uh, going through, you know, and just looking at the topics alone uh, that that are in your book. When when you're talking about, you know, needing to lead with courage, you talk about, you know, the importance of culture. Uh, you talk about conflict management, crisis management. You talk about hiring practices. Um, very much the same type of thing that that uh, your K twelve counterparts are dealing with on a regular basis. What uh, what is some advice when when you're working with people who are are rising into uh, department chair positions? Um, when you're working maybe with uh, with K twelve leaders, what what are some of those those areas that you tend to go to that you feel real strong in talking about and and sharing? You know, here are you know here are some areas that uh, that that I can support you or that I think you need to focus on. Well, the first one is just having a conversation and reflection on is leadership for me. Uh, And first of all, giving ourselves permission to say it's okay if I'm a high school biology teacher uh, 
and I don't end up going into administration. Um, Teachers, leadership is influence and teachers are the most influential people in the building. And I worked with some teachers this summer in a class and it was the most rewarding part for me was to get a few educators, some with 20 years experience to realize, oh, I really am influential. I can lead from where I'm at. So I think the first thing is if you are looking into going into a leadership role, such as a principalship, or even in my world, somebody goes from a professor to a chair, is let's step back and say, are you doing it for the right reasons? And the first thing is, are you willing to make people your business and you are no longer the most important thing on your agenda every day? Are you willing to be uncomfortable in the service of others? Are you willing to have difficult conversations? Are you willing to change your personal and professional relationships that you have with colleagues? Because they will change. Um, Are you willing to give up? Meaning what made you a phenomenal high school teacher, while it will obviously contribute and inform your ability to lead a school, that in and of itself isn't enough. And if you don't believe me, the first time you have a hard conversation with a student or parent, um, you know, if I say, I know you're upset with me, but I want you to know that, you know, I won high school biology teacher of the year. Well, that's great, but it doesn't solve the problem, doesn't help the kid that's got, you know, got really some tough stuff. So are you doing it for the right reasons? First and foremost, you need you you want to serve others um, many times to put their needs ahead of your own. And then within that, Darren, is also conflict happens every day and it never goes away. So if you are not comfortable having those little tough conversations or the big ones, it um, it might not be a good fit for you. Uh, th- those are the two things that I've noticed personally in myself. And as people have asked me that I think are the common themes, am I doing it for the right reasons? And, oh boy, I'm, you know, the things that you people told you, oh, you couldn't pay me enough to do your job. Well, think about those things and do you want to do them or not? Right. Now, and I I think, you know, you hit on something there that uh, one one of the things I love most about being a principal that I love most about being a superintendent was helping to grow other leaders. And one of the conversations that I always had, you know, every year, you know, if we had a, you know, a principal intern or, or, you know, somebody like that one of the conversations that always was going to come up was, you know, it's not the kids that are going to get you. It's going to be the adults, you know, and it's managing, understanding, treating people with respect, regardless of what their, what their behaviors were, the decisions or the choices that they made. But it is, it's working with, with people. And part of serving people, I think sometimes Chris is making sure that, we're holding them accountable in an appropriate way. You know, so often, you know, you'll have people who make mistakes. It's part of life. But as a leader, I love, I love where you went with this. As a leader, are you cut out for sitting down and having those tough conversations? Um, you know, I, I think back on a couple of those first tough conversations I had, you know, the pulse went up a little bit and the breathing was a little bit shallow and, and that kind of thing. But the more I think as leaders, we learn that, you know, it's not about being angry with a person. It's about having a conversation about behaviors and choices. And, you know, how do those, how do those fit with our organization and the values of our organization and the direction we want to go, the mission that we're trying to accomplish. And um, 
I, I think that's just such an important point. Uh, maybe, maybe go a little bit deeper into some of that. I, I know you do in the book. Um, what What are some things maybe maybe some some words of, of wisdom you might share with leaders who maybe they haven't had to have a lot of those difficult conversations yet. What's what's maybe some advice around how to prepare yourself for that? Well, one thing that is serious, but some people might get a chuckle out of. Um, one of the reasons I think teachers, without realizing it, are prepared to do a number of jobs outside of K-12 is most of what you would use to address student conflict um, is applicable to adults. Uh, I had a colleague that had a difficult conversation coming up that was she was about to approach and I said, you are a phenomenal middle school teacher. What would you do if middle school students were doing this? Well, I would tell them it's not acceptable and I'm here to help them and support them, but we're not going to do that anymore. I just shook my head and I said, yeah, you can say that to an adult. That's okay. Uh, and so the first thing, though, that I have found, and this is people help me, is role play. Find a colleague, um, spouse, family member, but usually a colleague who's been there, done that, and role play. It might seem weird at first. But just say, okay, Darren, this is what I'm dealing with. I want you um, either to be the angry parent or I'll come at you with what I think the parent, student, whatever will say. And we're just going to role play because like everything else, what that'll do is by the time we have that conversation, we'll be using a more rational part of our brain. We won't be just responding. We won't be trying to win the battle. So I would say role playing. The other thing is, and you said it, and I have something right on my wall that I look at, it says it never gets easier. You just get better. Conflict doesn't necessarily get easier. The blood pressure goes up. You're, you know, you, your mouth goes dry. You need a drink. However, it does get better with practice and it enables you to realize that you are addressing just like with a student. I'm addressing behavior and choices. I'm not addressing them as a human being. Uh, and so I lead off with that. Hey, Darren, we're here. Just going to be upfront with you. Here's where we're at. This is the information that I have. This is a documentation. This is the reason it's a concern. My goal is for us to come out of this in, in a way that helps you improve and moves forward. It's not to be punitive. Now, I always end most conversations with, however, you get to choose the next conversation, Darren. So based upon what we talked about today, I hope our future conversations are fist bumping, high fiving, good job. But if you continue to make these choices, our next conversation won't be as comfortable. And so kind of to bookend it there, but role play, practice, come up with some key phrases and focus on the behavior and the facts. Don't make it personal. You're not serving yourself in those conversations. It's a teachable moment. You're there to kind of help them grow until their decision making is at a point to where they've no longer, they no longer have earned the privilege to get better. Right. Absolutely. I, you know, Something that you said there just really, really hit home with me. And I, I look here to my right because mm -hmm. one of one of my very favorite books, uh, it's, uh, Phil Jones, Exactly What to Say. And in that book, one of the things that Phil talks about is the absolute worst time to decide what you're going to say is in the moment you're going to say it. And being aware of, you know, and, and practicing role playing, like you said, you know, just work your way through it you know it, it takes you know it, it takes the 
the emotion out of it. It takes, you know, the adrenaline and all this. I mean, it actually activates different parts of your brain when it's, I'm going more to recall than I am to, I'm constructing this as I'm saying it. So uh, just really, really super advice right there. Um, where can everybody find the book? Tell us just a little bit about the book, where to find it, how, how to go get it and get a copy of that thing. It's called The Department Chair, A Practical Guide to Effective Leadership. Um, it can be found on Amazon or you can go to cjleadership.com, which is a site I've created to make it easy to just see the table of contents and then click on it right to Amazon. Uh, and uh, if you want me to talk a little bit about it's 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 first and foremost, you know, we write the books that maybe we wish we had. And um, even though I went into the position, um, having been, I guess, a student of leadership, I have a, you know, prepper, a background, I have my license to be a principal, never pursued it, but I had, it wasn't my first step into leadership. Nonetheless, um, a lot of times from day one, you're drinking out of the fire hose. And I just, the teacher in me, the mentor in me, after a few years said, what, what, if I could help future chairs or future leaders avoid some of the mistakes that I made, what would it be? And then I just broke it down into why do you want to lead? You realize it's about people. You're going to create a culture. Um, In my mind, next to serving students, hiring great people to put in front of those students is your most important job. Uh, How do you deal through crisis? We all know recently that educators are going to be faced with crisis. Uh, when do you know it might be time to move on? How have you been mentoring people? So I think uh, big picture, Darren, that's kind of an overview of the book. And while it is situated in the context of being a chair, uh, I do think, and I would actually welcome feedback from K-12 leaders, I do feel as though there are some some connections that would be valuable to anyone leading in an education setting. Yeah, and I would absolutely echo that statement, folks. It's an awesome, awesome book. Make sure you check it out. I will put a link in the show notes so everybody has an opportunity to just click and go go right to uh, Chris's website and get a copy of that book. Uh, final question, Chris. Uh, same question I ask everybody here on the podcast, and that is, right now, how are you leaning into leadership? Well, I listen to great podcasts like yours, of course. Um, uh, how I honestly, how I get my, my PD in is when I go to the gym most days, I'm either listening or reading to something, uh, related to leadership. Um, I'm continuing. I think it was Jim Collins that said when he was going through college, he created his own personal board of directors, uh, and through connections and networking, I'm continuing to reach out, um, uh, to people that I think, uh, can give me advice, uh, make me better. Uh, right now, school starting, I'm kind of going through, um, you know, what are our themes going to be? What are some things that I need to do better this year? Who, what are some relationships that I need to focus on a little differently? People might need me differently this year than they did last year. What are some student concerns that we might have even at the college level? Uh, so those are the main things that I'm kind of on my mind right now for leaning into leadership, both prof- professional development and just for us getting ready to kick off a new, a new academic year. I think that's awesome. So, so I'm going to throw a bonus question in here. Uh, you okay. opened with college football. Obviously yeah. you'll be, you'll be rooting for Fort Hayes, but yeah, I will. You're a Nebraska kid. You're in I am. Kansas. I mean, are, are you rooting for the big red machine? Are you a Kansas state guy at Jayhawk? What, where do the allegiances lie right now with college football coming up right around the corner? Well, great question. Um, 
while I do hold uh, a PhD from Kansas State and I root for Kansas State, um, I grew up in western Nebraska um, in the 80s, early 90s, the thick of Tom Osborne's success. Um, fortunate, you know, people like Ron Brown used to come to our football camps. Yeah, I'm a Cornhusker. Uh, hope they do well. Uh, I can tell you, though, um, it was it was a great help to my household when Kansas or when when Nebraska left the Big Twelve because my wife's <laughs> side of the family are all big K State fans and so now um, you know we can get along every Saturday of college football season instead of reserving one go. where we don't talk. But no, I hey I love college football and yeah I'm hoping uh, Fort Hayes is going to have a great team this year. We're in a very competitive conference and uh, hopeful that. You know, the Cornhuskers won't let us down uh, where you're at. You can't avoid it. But uh, I also do no. support Wyoming because Craig Bowl is a Nebraska guy. And um, hopefully go. they'll have a great season as well. Yeah, I think uh, it's just exciting to, you know, last year, obviously, we had college football back at a full level. And this year will just be even bigger and better. Um I do live in Nebraska, not a Cornhusker fan. Don't root against them. Um, I will tell you, and you'll probably I, – I, I saved this till the end of the interview because you might have ended mm -hmm. the interview when I tell you that when they play Iowa, I will be rooting for the Hawkeyes. My uh, my wife's family are all Iowa. Uh -huh. One of my very best friends is an Iowa Hawkeye fan, uh, Iowa grad. So if I didn't say something like that here on the podcast, <laughs> okay. he probably would call me and say, you didn't mention my Hawkeyes, so there you go. So it should sure. be uh, it should be an exciting college football season, and uh, we look forward to it. Chris, thanks so much for coming on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Man, I really enjoyed this conversation, and I know our listeners will will enjoy it just as much. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Chris Yoakum. And now I got to ask: Have you registered for the Teach Better Conference yet? We talked about this in episode 31 with Dave Schmidow. The Teach Better Conference is being held October 14th and 15th at the National Inventors Hall of Fame STEM Middle School in Akron, Ohio. This is going to be absolutely one of the very best conferences you can attend. And folks, if you haven't registered yet, I've got some good news for you. As the main room sponsor, Road to Awesome can offer you a $50 discount on your registration. Simply use the code RTATB2022 for $50 off your registration at teachbetterconference.com. I hope to see you in Akron, Ohio, October 14th and 15th for the Teach Better Conference. That was really a great conversation with Dr. Yoakum. And two things that I really want to hit from his conversation, first and foremost, was that he talked about how leadership is influence. And I think sometimes as leaders, we lose sight of this. We maybe instead think of leadership as a position or leadership as a title or something that we strive to attain. But in reality, leadership is something that comes from inside and is something that we can use to help influence outcomes. And we do this through the relationship piece. And he talked quite a bit about relationships too. He talks about in his book, actually, being in the people business. He talks about uh, culture. He talks about courage. He talks about conflict resolution so many great things that are in his book. Make sure you go and check that out. The other thing I want to talk about that Chris mentioned in his uh, conversation with me is actually where I want to go with today's pep talk. And that is this. It never gets easier. You just get better. 
I love when Dr. Yoakum said this, because oftentimes I think we lose sight of the fact that we have these different challenges that come our way. And we look at leaders who have been doing it for a long time and we think, man, they just are so good at it. You know, they've just really mastered their craft. Well, in a way, that's very true. But it's not that the challenges they face are any less difficult than the challenges that an early career leader faces. It's just simply through that experience, through those opportunities for growth, whether that's through failure or through success, they have begun to master their craft. Each one of you, every single day, you face challenges and you face them with courage. You face them with bravery. You face them in a way where you know you can overcome and solve that challenge. That comes from experience. Folks, it never gets easier. You just simply keep getting better. I hope you have an incredible week. Remember that Road to Awesome Challenge that's out there. Tag five people, share an episode, make sure you tag me. Again, we'll be drawing the winners in our episode number 36. Make sure you register for the Teach Better Conference, and I will catch you next week. Take care, folks. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.